Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome to the Mortcast. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blickenwazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. If you're like me and you like the 2017 Cabernet, go pick that up at bfwdenver.com. Or you can go down to the dairy block and try any number of their uh, Colorado partnerships. Uh, they've got uh, Restoration, Storm Cellars, uh, Col- Colteras, I mean, just a bunch other than that, too. Uh, really representative of the entire state of Colorado. Uh, The dairy block is beautiful, and the Rockies are playing right now, so uh, keep that in mind. If you're down for a Rockies game and you want to stop by somewhere just uh, for a glass of wine, I suggest going to Blanchard Family Wines. Um, But also, they have to go to bfwdenver.com. You can book yourself a virtual wine tasting, or you can... uh, um, buy any one number of their various bottles that they make themselves, like the Pinot, like the uh, the 2017 Cabernet, like I said, the Blake Street Blend, or any n- number of the great whites that they have, or the uh, Rieslings, uh, really is your one-stop shop for all the best wines that are that are, that are available from Sonoma County, Cal- um, California, and local Colorado fare. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Mozzie in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwdenver.com. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mordcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, Saturday morning coffee, even though I'm not drinking coffee right now. Um... We have got a couple subjects I'm going to talk about today. Just kind of wrapping up the week that was. I didn't have a Saturday morning coffee last week. Um, uh, I had some things I had to do, so I, I couldn't do it. Um, but I kind of wanted to address um, a, a couple things that I saw. Specifically, one thing that we're going to start off with this that happened in the game against the Memphis Grizzlies. The Nuggets won by 15, but really it was a blowout bigger than that. Um and, of course, this is the game that is famous for uh, headband Jokic and the memes that uh, arose from that after he cut his head and had to wear the headband. Um, what the what, <laughs> what you saw in that Nuggets game was interesting, and it's something they've been trying to incorporate. You could tell the last couple of games, and it really wasn't successful. But it, against an under, undermanned, um, I was going to say underhanded, but that's the wrong term, um, undermanned uh memphis team was uh how to do something different with their defense um and you've heard if you've been listening to this podcast for any number of years my bemoaning the fact that the nuggets no longer run at home has been a consistent thing um there are people that are convinced that the, the running at home is the reason they couldn't win in the playoffs and that is not true in any way shape or form um, that was a narrative that was really um, solidified in the 80s, but wasn't never actually true. Um, the Nuggets running at home and uh, people getting getting used to the altitude, it is what it is. Those Nuggets teams never ran a half-court offense and uh, would struggle when they would get into that. 
But um, the 85 Nuggets went to the Western Conference Finals playing a running style. The uh, in 2009 Denver Nuggets, while not as fast as that team, got to the playoffs running that style. The 78 Nuggets were a run and gun team um, that that uh, played a similar passing offense to Doug Moe's, but not quite. Um, they ran. Um, the Nuggets' issues was largely because they didn't play defense and. Or at least the the defense was subservient to getting out on the break. So if you want to look at it a certain way, you could say that those Nuggets teams didn't give themselves a chance because they didn't they didn't try to have their uh, defense and offense work hand in glove. And this is kind of similar to the way the Nuggets have been since uh, Michael Malone took over. And even before that, when Brian Shaw was here, um, the pursuit of uh, changing the style, making it a half-court-based team, I think was missing the point. Um, the Nuggets were not slow because of Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic wants to run. And you saw against the Memphis Grizzlies that how much Nikola Jokic fun he had playing an up-and-down style. And this Nuggets team really was misserved by kind of trying to do, like missing the point. The, the point was that they didn't play um, a consistent style until 2009, which was really the, the probably the apex of the get out and run, but play defense style. Um, the, the 2013 Nuggets similarly, but they only really had a couple guys on the roster at that point that were defensive minded, um, and were, they kind of relied on those guys. It wasn't a team defensive concept, but the advent recently of, and specifically, I would say the Memphis Grizzlies have kind of changed some of the coloratur of the, um, the way we perceive running. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies run no matter where they are. They get out in the break, and that is their goal: is to get out in the break, get out, get get uh, chances to uh, get out, uh, like get steals and get runouts. Um, because a lot of a lot of teams don't necessarily think about defense as leading to an offensive break. They think of taking the ball making it to to where your teams miss a shot so in essence you're not playing for 15 seconds on the shot clock you're playing for 24 seconds on the shot clock and i had a very lengthy and long debate with uh, matt moore of the action network about this when he was at cbs years and years and years and years ago about the concept of playing 24 second defense and when, when I say 24-second defense, I mean you play for the purpose of running down the clock and you just force a team into a missed shot. You don't hurry them up. Um, one of the things that I think that has changed, and like I said, largely due to the uh, Timberwolves, not the Timberwolves, the, uh, well, the Timberwolves too, a little bit, but they're not as good uh, due to the Memphis Grizzlies, is the fact that you can played good defense and limit your exposure on the offensive side. Um, what the Nuggets did to the Memphis Grizzlies in the last game as of this recording was very simple. 
the Nuggets created a bunch of steals and got out and went out on runouts and ran the crap out of the Memphis Grizzlies. They ran and exhausted the very team that has been doing that to other teams this year. And it was fascinating to watch because it is an ana- almost anathema to the way Michael Malone has largely approached his concept of defense specifically. And I want to make sure people understand this. And I've been saying this for a long time. Michael Malone has a very specific way he wants to do defense. And he and by the way, this is the way he did things with the Golden State Warriors, too, um, back in 2012, 13, right around there, was um, 24 second defense. And then you go out that 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 uh, um Warriors team in uh, 2013 that beat the Nuggets was not a fast-paced team. I did get above the break for threes by Steph Curry, but that was not a fast-paced team. They became a fast-paced team under Ron Adams and uh, um, Steve Kerr, but they were not that way. This uh, The Golden State Warriors team, the way they cut the concept and the way they play defense— almost had nothing to do with the way Michael Malone initially viewed defense, which was control, I mean, play good positional defense, get the team to miss a shot. Essentially, that is what it was, rather than playing for steals. Um, I remember very specifically, there were several times early in Michael Malone's tenure where he benched guys for going out on runouts. Um, you know, I'm not talking about cherry picking like uh, Corey Brewer used to do. I'm talking specifically about, you know, running out quickly and getting the outlet. Um, it is kind of a, it's a, it's a, it's a philosophy. It's a different philosophical approach. Now, as you've all found out recently, and even specifically with my last couple podcasts, I've talked about the Nuggets' lack of home court advantage. And this year, they've won 23 games at home and lost 17. And that is that is um, woefully bad for a Denver Nuggets team. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that, that teams are just no longer exhausted after they, when they play in Denver. And you can still, even though they changed the back-to-back rules and stuff like that, you can still tire teams out. Um, and, but it seemed to me like the Nuggets were no longer used to the altitude and the other teams like weren't pressed with the advantage anymore. It was very much, we are going to, to stay a certain consistent, slow pace. And the Nuggets were extremely slow paced. Now, some of these adjustments that Michael Malone has made could be due to the fact that this Nuggets team is uh, not underhanded, shorthanded. Um, Who knows when Jamal or Michael Porter Jr. are going to be coming back. I would say, based on the reporting that I have seen, um, that Porter will probably not be back this year. Uh, Don't quote me on that, but that's just based on the tea leaves. And Jamal could be back depending on where he's at in a mental frame of mind, you know, keep in mind, this is recorded on Saturday, the 8th of, or what is it? The 8th or the 9th of April. Um, so things could change as of tomorrow, as of this recording, but this team, uh, has to probably through necessity and, 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 and a desire to be stay competitive in the playoffs has to change its approach. And I would say that they've probably evolved in the last couple of weeks because their defense has, has ostensibly been worse but it looks to me like they're trying and it kind of sort of started coming together against the Grizzlies where, like I said, you see the steals, you see the runouts 
and that Grizzlies team by the third quarter was exhausted. So were the Nuggets, because they're not used to it. <laughs> and you could saw, you saw that with the bit of a comeback that the Grizzlies made in the, in the fourth quarter. But the, the Nuggets were very much uh, in control of that game because, first of all, the Grizzlies were not expecting the Nuggets to be running as much as they did. And, 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 and uh, second of all, this Nuggets team was pressing, getting steals, running out. Jokic was running up the court every time. You know, they were getting up to the other end of the court fast every time, and they weren't waiting for a missed shot. And that is the key here, folks. The Nuggets were not waiting for the Grizzlies to miss, get a rebound, walk up, you know, the floor. The Nuggets were getting the advantage with seven, eight, nine seconds left on the clock, forcing it into a different... Now, of course, a, you know, a Memphis plays fast. But the Nuggets were forcing the advantage. They were pressing the uh, the the Grizzlies into making uncomfortable decisions. And it worked. It worked out well. And the Grizzlies, like I said, were exhausted by the third quarter. And you could tell. So my my thing is this. I'm, I'm hoping it's consistent, and I'm hoping it, it is a light bulb above the head moment for one Michael Malone, where he understands that the Nuggets have the greatest home court advantage in NBA history. The natural altitude advantage the Nuggets had is even greater than it is in Utah. This is a mile above sea level, and if the Nuggets are used to it and they're conditioned to it, they will be able to take advantage of it uh, when they do this, because they can already play a half-court offense under Jokic. Now they need to just, like, figure out that that they have the advantage in that. Now, I mean, Jokic still ran a bunch of half-court sort. This wasn't a revival of the Paul Westhead Nuggets of, of, of 1990-91. This was this was very different, and it was interesting to see, and I was very heartened to see the way the Nuggets had changed their approach. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the Nuggets adapt in the future and how they approach getting into different offensive sets. Um, and maybe if they start incorporating these steals and runouts and all this stuff, leading that defense, that pressing defense, into a quick point offense and offensive advantage... Um, maybe the Nuggets can uh, uh, become a next level, even more than they are, offensive team um, that really takes advantage of the altitude in Denver. You're heading into the playoffs, so who knows what's going to be. And we don't even know who the Nuggets are going to face yet. And I'll be getting to that in the second part of the podcast. But I'm looking forward to the Nuggets being a team that uh, understands that this is 5,280 feet above sea level. And for the first time in the Connolly era, basically, the Nuggets could be taking advantage of that adva- of, of that inherent advantage and using it in the playoffs to a, a great extent. So uh, anyway, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side of uh, this Saturday morning coffee, we're going to be talking about my view on where the Nuggets could be positioning themselves in the playoffs. We'll be back right after this. And we're back. So the Nuggets are currently sit at the sixth seed, but you have a rapidly, and I do mean rapidly, declining uh, Utah team. And it has been proposed in several circles that maybe the Nuggets are better off going up to the five. Um, The Nuggets, I think, are fine right where they are. If they go up to the five, um, it opens up facing the Dallas Mavericks. I could give a shit about the 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 Phoenix Suns, okay? They're in their own league, league, our own world. It has nothing to do with the Denver Nuggets. They're the first, they're the best team in the conference. 
whatever. You're eventually going to have to face them anyway. People are overthinking things. If you're like, well, you don't want to face them in the second round. Um, But a a less than fully optimized Nuggets roster is not going to succeed against the Dallas Mavericks, especially with the way Luka Doncic is playing. And the Nuggets do not want to go out in the first round. Uh, They've established something where they at least get to the second round uh, since 2019. And this will be the fourth year, and you don't want to set, you know, a bad uh, mark where you are um, have a bad outcome in the first round. And I don't think the Nuggets want anything to do. Well, if I'm the Nuggets, I don't want anything to do with the with the Dallas Mavericks in the first round. Uh, I really want this to be a first round against a Golden State Warriors team, hopefully that um, uh, you know has kind of gone through an injury um, addled second half, particularly with Steph Curry being out for so long. Um, You would want, and I, and I, and I say want on a scale of relativity because the Nuggets will rightfully be at disadvantage with whoever they play. Okay. This isn't a shot of the dubs or anything like that. This is well on a relative scale. The Nuggets have basically handled the, the Warriors this year. And, they would, I can guarantee you, would rather face a Golden State Warriors team like that they have had relative regular season success against than the Dallas Mavericks, who they lost season series against, than, you know, even you know Memphis Grizzlies, who they lost season series against, you know, definitely the Phoenix Suns. Um, and luckily for the Nuggets, they stayed out of the play-in, and they won't have to face the Suns in the first round. So there is a, there's, my approach to this is simple. Don't face the Dallas Mavericks. Give yourself a puncher's chance in whatever round you're in, and it's looking likely that it'll be against the Golden State Warriors. Um, If I'm the Nuggets also on Sunday, um, I have nothing to play for. You've locked in the fact that you can't fall any farther than the sixth seed. So my my advice would be relatively just to just to take it easy. And I know that sounds easier said than done, and it goes it's kind of anathema to a lot of the way that people approach uh, wanting to win games, but who knows what's going to happen. But I don't, if I'm the Nuggets, I say like, okay, Jokic, you're sitting tonight, you know, and I know he wants to play every game, but look, it's going to be, if the Nuggets uh, don't play their starters on Sunday, um, it'll be a period of, let's see, they last played on, uh, Thursday. So it'll be from Thursday to either next Saturday or Sunday. So it'll be 10 days between games. Uh, I think this Nuggets team desperately needs that considering how exhausted they've been, particularly Jokic. And that having that break will be invaluable to their mental well-being and their approach to, to everything else. Particularly, as I pointed out in the first part of this podcast, if the Nuggets are going to be going in on a more fast-paced approach, then quite frankly, having this break will be even more beneficial to them. Um, And I'm I'm actually thinking that uh, it'll end up being the Golden State Warriors. We can get into that once we had the, the opponents have been decided. That will be, as of Sunday, we will know for sure. Next week on CSG, 
There will be a bunch of preview. I'll have a one big preview episode uh, with several people, and I'll be talking to others individually. Um, we'll have a full roster of uh, where the way the playoff is going to be, and I think I'm probably going to break my usual and do at least a couple post-game um podcasts while after after the games in the first round you know i know you all got uh pickaxe and roll and uh, locked on nuggets but i i can do it too so i mean i may i may just throw that out there so uh but it won't be consistent uh i i tend to want to keep these evergreen um as much as possible so you know we'll see um but this nuggets team is going to be facing an uphill challenge regardless they are under undermanned Jokic has had to play Herculean to get them to, you know, the either 48 or 49 wins, depending on what they do against uh, the Lakers in the last game of the season. It, it really is a team that is just played well above its head. And if and we need to kind of look at this on a relative scale. I give Michael Malone a lot of crap, but I think he has actually done a better coaching job once he got the extension, which kind of tells you something about the way he operates. Uh, now that he has got the extension, which I didn't talk about on the podcast, but now that Malone's got the extension, he can relax. And a relaxed Malone is, as you've, li- as you've listened to this on CSG, a relaxed Malone is a good coach Malone. So, sans the hot-headedness, he's got security. Now this Nuggets team can relax a bit and get into this playoff scenario where they really got nothing to lose. And I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how they approach this, how they adapt, how they get to um, this different level. Um, And hopefully, hopefully by changing this approach, which... Folks, this is what this has been happening. This is an acceptance that the Nuggets need to play faster. And it's taken them a while to get out of the slow mindset. And it came, started coming into fruition against the Grizzlies. And I'm curious to see, likely, Golden State Warriors, but I'm curious to see how that approach works, particularly against Golden State Warriors. Who knows if Steph Curry's coming back that, you know, or when he's coming back. Uh, so, you know, there's a whole bunch of layers here, but we'll be getting more into that next week. So thank you all for joining me on the latest CSG podcast, the Morecast, uh, this Saturday morning coffee. Uh, based on the downloads, y'all like this, so I'm going to keep doing it. I kind of enjoy doing it anyway. So anyway, thank you all for joining me on latest Saturday morning coffee. I'll be back soon with another Morecast. Goodbye. <laughs>